We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com podcast. It's game day. Lakers versus Pelicans tonight. A game with a little extra intrigue given the history behind these two clubs. And Lakers fans, well, we're feeling a little bit better after that win over the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, the record's still not great, one and five, but at least we've got some energy, some life now. We saw the team come together and get a W. We'll talk a little bit about that matchup. We also have some news to get into today as well. Joining me is Sean Spaces Davis. Sean, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing a lot better than we got a win the other night, and uh, hopefully we can put a couple wins together. Yeah, we definitely have some chances here, some opportunities, I think, for the Lakers to put together a few wins, uh, particularly if their three-point percentage stays up. I'm not expecting 43% again like we saw the other night against the Nuggets, but above 30% would be absolutely fantastic. I think that would go a long way towards towards uh, helping them get some wins. By the way, before we get into our topics, please make sure if you haven't done so already, that you go over to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe to our show. Great way to help us out. Even if you're watching the YouTube version of the show, go subscribe over on Apple Podcasts. Help us out with our rankings and everything. Again, we really do appreciate that. All right, so first things first, let's get into an injury update for the Lakers. So as of this moment, we know that Anthony Davis is questionable for the game against the Pelicans. And let's face it, Sean, I mean, AD, if the Lakers are going to have a shot to win this thing, Anthony Davis pretty much has to play, right? Yeah. Although, are we at the point where we're just like, AD, like, just make sure you're healthy, and then we'll get you ready for Friday night against Utah, I believe. Um, I mean, you want him to play, but dealing with Zion and Jonas Valanciunas, it's going to be a tough task. And with the limited amount of bigs you have, or at least capable bigs, rather. Um, you're going to need AD to play to stop Zion and Young Valanciunas. Yeah, and that's that's a little bit of a concern for me, too. You know, his back has been bugging him, and we'll talk more about that in a moment. But with his back bothering him, Jonas Valanciunas is really not the matchup you would want because he, he does a really nice job getting his shoulder into you, bumping you off, finding space that way. He's a very physical center. That's not the matchup that you want when you've got a sore back. And then you mentioned Zion Williamson, who is just a tank in his own right. There's going to be a lot of physical play in the paint, and that's going to be tough on Anthony Davis. Uh, Brandon Ingram still coming back. Uh, I believe he was in concussion protocol, so we'll see if he's going to be back in action, if he's going to be up to 100% uh, against the Lakers or not. Still waiting on word on that one. But AD himself, that's a concern. The good news, though, Juan Toscano-Anderson. Sounds like he'll be back in action, probable to play 
in this one. How big of a deal is that for the Lakers to get JTA back? It's huge, especially to help guard like a CJ McCollum and some of the bigger uh, guards and wings they do have at their disposal. And just kind of getting closer to what the actual real rotation is going to look like. And that's something we, we talked about in the last postgame show, Trevor. It's like, okay, the rotations have been relatively good for the most part so far. But, man, what's it going to look like when you get Dennis back, when you get Troy back? I mean, not Troy, uh, Thomas back. And uh, JT will be back hopefully tonight, as this as probable. That's what I think the biggest uh, reason I'm kind of excited for is to get a real idea of and understand of what the actual rotation is going to look like when some of these guys do get healthy. And we'll be breaking down the whole game live on playback tonight. Lakers against Pelicans. Sean and I will both be there and we will be breaking down all the action, taking questions and comments from everybody. We get to all watch the game together. It's a lot of fun. We watch our Lakers Nation stream of the game. So I'll put that link in the description down below on YouTube. I'll put it in the show notes over on the podcast side if you're listening on apple podcast or wherever come join us tonight during the game we do break down all the action as it goes along and we chat talk hoops while it's happening um you mentioned dennis schroeder and i think that's kind of a question mark here actually we had somebody ask us this on the, on the last podcast said how does dennis schroeder get a fit in this rotation uh he was seen at practice yesterday shooting the ball he, he had surgery on his shooting hand on the thumb of his shooting hand and he's already getting in work shooting the basketball hopefully that's a good sign that he'll be available sooner rather than later but with russell westbrook now moving into this bench role and we'll talk about him a bit in a moment what does that mean for dennis schroeder and his role with this team could he be a starting point guard question mark question mark because like Maybe. off the bench next to russ ill um i i don't think he'd be optimizing this version of Russell Westbrook, I, I know it kind of worked a little bit in Oklahoma City, but you would be, uh, yeah, they, they played together, I think, in OKC. You would be yep. optimizing this version of Russell Westbrook by playing him alongside Dennis Schroeder. And then again, like, that's why I'm more so curious to see Dennis especially back. Because, like, you're going to run into that brick wall that the Lakers have kind of been able to avoid due to injuries, which is you have too many Dakon guards on this roster. So who's going to play? And when Dennis gets back, everybody's going to be healthy. Like Pat, Kendrick, who hasn't played well. Neither of those guys have really played well, especially offensively. Russ, Dennis, and then Lonnie. Like, I mean, if you want to consider Austin the guard, but they're playing a lot at the three. So who's going to get minutes? Who's going to lose minutes? Right now, it seems like Kendrick's the odd man out, but Pat's mm -hmm. lost minutes throughout the past couple of games. Lonnie and Russ seems on the seem like they're on the rise in terms of their minutes. So. It's going to be really, really interesting to see when Dennis gets back. But right now, the only logical option is you start him because the other guys are at least better fits next to this version of Russ. So then who are you bumping out of the starting five? Is it Patrick Beverly? If we're assuming that the Lakers are running AD, LeBron, what would it be? Lonnie Walker, uh, Pat, maybe Austin Reeves. Is that going to be the starting five? And then you're bumping out Pat for, for Schroeder? Pat, Schroeder. I mean, sorry, uh, Schroeder, Lonnie, Austin, LeBron, AD. I don't know, man. Again, this team has just one too many guards. If they had four guards, or even like, I felt like we had a lot of guards before the Pat Bev, or before we picked up Dennis. I was like, okay, you can still make it work, but there's just one too many now. And Darvin and the coach staffs have a tough task in terms of distributing out minutes. It seemed like there was a way there's a, it's easier if you do find a trade ultimately. And we're going to talk about trades in just a moment, but it seems like it's easier if you can consolidate some of these guards into something else, into a wing, into a big, 
Um, and then you can have an easier time building out a rotation. Otherwise, it's really just going to be kind of a meritocracy. Which guards are playing the best? You mentioned you know, Kendrick Nunn only got three minutes last game because he just hasn't been playing that well um, for the Lakers. Now, I, we have seen a little bit of an uptick recently, but the reality is that you can't, with the number of guards that are on this roster, you can't play everybody without going ridiculously small in games. And I don't think you want to go down that path. So it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a, a minutes crunch for the Lakers, particularly with Russ coming off the bench. It'll be interesting to see how all of that plays out. But, you know, one thing we do need to talk about is AD. Uh, we mentioned his back. He's questionable for this game. He was grimacing in the game against uh, Denver. He fought through it. Credit to him. He toughed it out, figured out a way to play through the pain. But he's listed as questionable right now. You never really know whether or not he's actually going to be able to give it a go and play. And there's an executive that spoke to uh, Eric Pincus, an NBA executive, who had a quote said, I don't like, this is on uh, Bleacher Report, I don't like what I've seen from AD. That back doesn't look healthy. And I, I think that's a fair impression. You know, if you see Anthony Davis jogging up and down the floor, he's grimacing. He doesn't look like he's moving quite right. How do you manage this? Because like we said at the top, I don't know if you win games without AD on the floor and you do need to stack up wins here in the, in the Western conference, but at the same time you need Anthony Davis healthy. So what do you do here? If you're Darvin ham and you're trying to get the best out of AD while still getting him healthy. I think you avoid, first off, I'm not sure how many back-to-backs they do have. I think you avoid playing him on back-to-backs for right now until he's fully healthy. Um, like you play tonight, Wednesday night, which is, well, well, which is today. Uh, Friday and Sunday. So I, I think you, you try to have him gut it out tonight against New Orleans if he's ready to go. I borderline say go ahead and miss, miss Friday night. Make sure you're fully healthy. Come back for that Cleveland game. Um, and basically do it like that. So the upcoming schedule is you got, again, Pelicans night, Utah Friday. Go ahead and miss that game. Uh, you play the Cavs Sunday. And then you have the back-to-back. You go, You travel to Utah the next night. Again, borderline saying, AD, stay here in L.A., get rest, uh, get get treatment. And then you, you play the Clippers on Wednesday, stuff like that. And then hopefully, Trevor, you get through this stretch, you get through next week, and then we, you play the, the Nets on the 13th, and then you don't play against the 18th. So I think that's going to be a big moment and a big opportunity for the Lakers and for Anthony Davis to really get healthy, get the necessary treatment. But for right now, like it's – being smart with the games he does play in. So I, I, I borderline would propose AD don't, don't play Friday night and don't play Monday night against Utah. Um, not because it's Utah, but because of how the schedule lines up where, you know, that Monday game is the second half of back-to-back and you kind of need them tonight. So that'd be ideal in my opinion. I think if, if there was some way to guarantee that doing that would get him to 100%, Sure. I think I think you do it. I don't know if that's if that's the case. What exactly is going on with his back? If that would would do the trick or not? But if, if that's if that's what you'd be getting is a 100 healthy Anthony Davis, you you probably do it. A um, little bit easier to do it if Thomas Bryant has come back. Don't think he's going to be back awesome. quite by then. But uh, but again, you might have to sacrifice a couple of wins in order to get a healthy AD. You never know how long he's going to stay healthy or anything like that, but it's something to consider if uh, if you are the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, something else that got that got brought up because whenever I see AD grimacing, 
And I see Damian Jones struggling to catch passes. He's my guy, but let's, let's face it, for whatever reason, he's dropping everything right now. Um, it's not looking good there. So he's not getting a lot of minutes. Thomas Bryant didn't look great before getting hurt. Now, look, we were excited when the Lakers signed Damian Jones and Thomas Bryant. Thought between the two of them, you could get some solid center minutes there. And maybe that's eventually where we wind up. But right now, Damian Jones is looking a little sketchy at the center position. Thomas Bryant wasn't looking great. Wendy Gabriel's undersized. Uh, this, some of the executives and agents that Eric Pincus talked to said that they still believe that ultimately the Lakers will cave and do a deal like a Pacers trade that would bring in, say, Miles Turner. If we talk about the Spurs with Yaka Pertle, there's other centers out there. Sean, as we now that we're six games here into the season, do you feel it's more important now that the Lakers find another center in whatever trade they ultimately do if they make a trade? Yeah, I think so. And I'm not the biggest proponent of the AD at the five. He has to bank down low with other bigs. It's the reason why he gets hurt. I don't think, I mean, theoretically, I could see why that makes sense, but I don't think it's true. Um, but like a Spurs trade, for an example, which again, I've made a note that it's my preferred trade. Or again, even the Pacers trade. You get Miles Turner, you get Yaka Pertle, two guys that can help Anthony Davis, you know, protect the rim and Miles Turner step on the perimeter and do some things. Um, and, and, and I brought this up on the live show the other night, Trevor, when AD goes to clean something off the glass, there's no other like size on the floor. So when he goes to do that, it's almost always, unless the Lakers somehow, but a great guy gets the rebound. It's going to end up in the other player for the other team, gain the rebound and putting it back up for a layup because AD can't be everywhere. Right. So he goes to block it. And a Nuggets player, because this happened on, uh, our, I forget when we played, I believe Monday night, Sunday night. And they put it back up. It's so easy because there's nobody near them that has the size that Anthony Davis has that can contest at the rim. And that's what you would get with either Yaka Pertle or Miles Turner, two guys that can shot block one of them at a slightly better rate and defend and rebound. Yaka Pertle, definitely the better rebounder. So um, I, I do think getting a center – and some weak defenders would be very much beneficial for this team and for Anthony Davis. Cough, cough, spur trade. Even, even just to weather the storm for the nights where Anthony Davis, hey, his back's bugging him. All right, take a rest. We've got another big we can turn to that can play significant minutes because yeah. I don't know if they have that on the roster right now, and I know we hoped that they did, and six games is probably not a big enough sample size to completely write off Damian Jones, and Thomas Bryant has been hurt, so we certainly can't just write him off either. But the early returns there have been promising. So when I look at, at the Lakers' needs right now in terms of a trade, it feels like the center position is becoming a bigger and bigger one. If I had to, to rank them, I'm still looking at the wing as the, the biggest priority. But the center position is now not far behind in my mind, particularly with Anthony Davis's injury situation. And then way, 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 way back, it's a guard. They definitely don't need another guard at this point. It's, it's the wings. It's the bigs that they could certainly use. And so that's where you look at a trade like getting a Miles Turner, getting Jakob Pertl. It's making more sense to me as we're seeing this go along with the exception being that you would probably have to trade Russell Westbrook in that contract. And maybe the Lakers found something with Russ uh, in that last game. Uh, let's, let's talk about that in just a moment. But first, give a shout out to our sponsor. And that is No House Advantage. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play in pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning $250,000 plus 
in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20x your entry if you hit on all your picks. Bet on up to five player props, over-unders, or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code LakersNation at NoHouseAdvantage.com or download the app on the app stores to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. All right, Sean. Another thing we need to get into today. Russell Westbrook. His redemption storyline here. We got what I thought was a really important moment in the game against the Denver Nuggets where Russell Westbrook was being cheered on by LA fans. Uh, They were feeding off of his energy. He was feeding off of theirs. I think it was the first time we've really seen that where fans were behind us. They were cheering when he got subbed back into the game. They were, uh, they weren't shouting no when he went to shoot a three point shot. And for good reason, he was playing great. He did a fantastic job in that game against the nuggets. So how confident are you? I know it's a tiny sample size that the Lakers maybe have found a path forward here with Russell Westbrook by having him come off the bench. How confident am I? I'm uh, cautiously optimistic. Um, I, I don't know if I had to give a percentage. I maybe like 50-50. Like, I still see a scenario where it, it doesn't get very, very pretty. And again, I think winning cures all. I feel like it's very, very possible the Lakers lose that last game. Russ is like, well, what the heck, man? Like, why am I coming off the bench if we're losing still? You know what I'm saying? Um, so I think winning cures all. I think that's a big reason why, you know, it helped. Russ's morale right now, it seems to be, especially in the media, very high. And the team around after a big win is very high. Um, but from a schematic standpoint, I think Darwin is doing a great job with his rotations and smartly utilizing Russ and also kind of like not playing Russ with LeBron as much as he possibly can. Yeah. Like we saw a lot in, in obviously in the fourth quarter to close games because LeBron, there's no chance LeBron is a close in the game. He, no matter how poorly he's playing, he gives you arguably your best shot at winning. Um, so I think Darvin's doing a good job with the rotations. I think the offense is, for the most part, doing a lot of good stuff to get Russ opportunities to be as close to himself as he can, whether it's getting out in transition, whether it's, you know, attacking the rim and be able to have his spots, like that possession where he's at the free throw line, just going ISO against uh, Jamal Murray, putting the moves on and finishes at the rim. Um, I think it does help that Russ is finishing better at the rim this season. Um, at least, you know, from the eye test he is. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I think I'm cautiously optimistic. I, I want to say it, it'll work out and for sure. But, I mean, also, it sucks because even if it does work out, and this is what we talked about a lot, especially in the offseason, Trevor, even if it does work out with Russ, I mean, how much does that raise this team's ceiling? Like, I still feel like this team's ceiling will be at its highest if they make a trade, which might be unfortunate. Yeah, that's that's the thing, right? Like, I think Russell Westbrook helped them win the game against the Denver Nuggets. I think that certainly matters. Um, I think he can be. I think this is the last shot, right? This If this doesn't work, nothing's going to work. 
right? This this is your the last card you have to play here with getting Russell Westbrook to work with the Lakers coming off the bench in this situation. Um, the challenge, of course, is that if even if it does work, how much better does it make you? Right? Or is it does it make you good enough to beat teams on most nights, or do you need to get a trade where you're going to get another big, you're going to get a three point shooter, um, or is this at least effective enough to where it can allow you to keep your head above water, allow you to do what you need to do in on the negotiating table, and then maybe in January or something make a trade, and you don't feel pressed to do something right now. I think that's going to be the question here for the Lakers. But Russell Westbrook coming off the bench, it makes sense in that he can try to exploit other teams' bench units and, and go at it that way. So I do think that this can be a winning strategy. But again, I don't know how much it raises the ceiling, which is which is the point that you made. I hope it really works. Like, I, I'm not expecting to see the version of Russ that we saw against the Nuggets every single night. But if somehow, some way we do, that would be a fantastic story. That would be a fantastic way for this to play out where Russ is at his best. He clearly isn't done. He's got utility in the NBA moving forward. The Lakers get uh, the benefit of, of solid play out of him. You're winning more basketball games. You don't feel pressured into a trade. Like, that would be the ideal outcome for everybody, Lakers fans get to have a positive interaction with Russell Westbrook and, and, and positive memories of this of this team and and uh, and him being in LA. That would just be such a better way, knowing that this ultimately is going to come to come to an end at some point, either in the offseason or by a midseason trade. That would just be such a better path to get there. I'm hoping we see it, but I'm also not expecting to see that every single night from him. And so I'm optimistic, but cautiously so because I don't know for sure if we're going to get that version of Russ every night. Yeah, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. Like, it was one game, a really fun game at that. But, you know, see 10 games of this, 15 if he's still here, 20 games, you know what I'm saying? So, um, But it was a really fun one game, and, you know, just got to see a little more consistently. Um, but really fun one game, and like we, like we say all the time, Trevor, we want to see these. We want to tell the Russell Westbrook feel-good story. Uh, we don't want to quote unquote bash or criticize. I'm not going to use the word slander or hate because it's never that. <laughs> criticize Russell Westbrook. We want to be able to tell the feel good story. And that's what it felt like after that Denver one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, do you agree with the the sentiment from executives and, and agents, according to Pincus, that ultimately the Lakers will cave on a deal? And by cave, that would mean surrender both first round picks unprotected? I don't know anymore, man. I, I felt that way in the offseason. I was like, okay, yeah, Rob's going to cave. He's going to cave. And, I mean, granted, it almost happened a lot of times, um, but he's, they have not caved yet. Um, and I'm just curious what would it take for him to cave? Like, what scenario? Like, if it didn't happen b before the season started, like, what scenario is it going to take? Because I feel like if, let's say the Lakers go and start off 4-10, and 10, like, is it too late at that point, right? Or, like, I, I'm just – I just don't know what scenario would, would it have to be for Rob Pelic. Like, okay, I've seen enough. I make the trade now. I make it now. We, we got to fix this. So, um, that that's the biggest question mark for me. But, so, I don't know. Because I thought he came – he would have caved in the offseason. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what. If we see more feel-good moments like we did in the Denver game, um, if that becomes more of a regular occurrence, that takes the pressure off of the front office. And maybe that's a bad thing for uh, in the eyes of some Lakers fans who really want to see a deal go down, something change with this team. And I understand that. But 
you also don't want them to be pressured into what could wind up being a bad trade. Yeah. And so I don't see them caving if Rob can go to the negotiating table and could say, no, I don't need to give up both firsts. You're not holding this season over me because look, Darvin Ham figured it out. Darvin Ham got Russ to click. We're winning enough games right now. The stuff that you're giving us is not enough to really, really put us over the top. So I don't feel like I need to give up both picks right now. I can hang on to assets for the future. That is a much stronger position than, oh my gosh, we can't hit any outside shots. We're getting demoralized on, on a night-to-night basis. We can't win games. We're 0-5. And then you're going to the negotiating table and saying, someone please save my season. Those are two very different scenarios. And I think depending on how things play out from here, that's going to ultimately determine whether or not the Lakers feel forced into pulling the trigger or if they find a deal where it's been a while, but just maybe they find a deal where we go, wow, okay, that's that's good value. Um, but again, been a long time since we've seen one of those for the Lakers. Again, the last time in hindsight sure. was Dennis Schroeder. And I mean, now it doesn't look like that panned out too well, but at the time you're like, okay, that's pretty solid. Yeah. Um, but Desmond Bain, the one that got away. Yeah, that, that was certainly a tough one. You know what? That's the scary part. If we feel like the front office is pushed into a move, you look back on some of the previous moves. You look at what happened with Evita Zubats. You look at uh, even the Sfi Mikhailuk deal, giving up a second-round pick. You rented a couple of players in Mike Muscala and and, uh, and Reggie Bullock for half of a season, and you're giving up future draft assets there. And then, and then uh, giving away assets in order to move JaVale McGee, who, I mean, is a good player, but you have to give up assets to move JaVale McGee in order to create the space for Mark Gasol, just so you can give Gasol a two-year deal instead of a one-year deal. And then he doesn't end up playing the second year anyway, and you have to give up more assets in order to move him to somebody. Memphis had to, to take him in. Um, it's it's just been the on-the-edges moves for the Lakers. The, the fringe moves have not been good. And so I'm apprehensive about what this trade will look like. And a, a good stretch here from Russell Westbrook, I think, will go a long way towards returning some of the leverage to the Lakers and making it more likely that we do see a good deal. I'm nervous about what a deal would look like if they're three and 17 or something, 20 games into the season. And these, this, it, these issues are four and 16 and these issues are persisting. And then they're going to the negotiating table and feeling like they need to make a trade. I'm concerned about what that deal would wind up looking like. I mean, hell at that point, just cancel the season. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's that's the other that's you have to factor that in too. Like, is there a point where they just say this we're not gonna be able we're crazy. not gonna be able to save this, right? Yeah. Man, if you're three at 17, just send LeBron, let LeBron break the record and send him home. Let AD rest. Like, oh no, no. Did you yeah. imagine like LeBron breaks the record and then the Lakers just they, they do they they stop the game, celebration, congratulations, all of that. Immediate sub, they break up bubble wrap. <laughs> and and that's it. And, and that is that is not that's not the the timeline we want to want to live in. That's not what we want to see for sure. But yeah, I mean that those are those are some of the things that we're going to be watching for over the next few weeks here. And it's going to be important when we're looking at the future of this club because what happens over these next few weeks is going to go a long way towards determining what the rest of the season looks like, what their opportunities on the trade front look like. Yeah. And I mean, could even we could even see decisions that are made that impact the team for years to come based on what happens over these next few weeks 
important games coming up for this Lakers team. That's for sure. And again, no Brandon Ingram tonight. Utah, I mean, they're playing out of their minds right now, but you should be able, fingers crossed, to, to beat Utah. And you got, you got an opportunity to, to try to put together a couple wins here, which I feel like this ball club needs right now. So go take care of business and, you know, try to gut out some wins in these next uh, couple of games. Absolutely. Absolutely. Figure out a way to get it done. All right, Lakers Nation. Well, let us know your thoughts in the comments down below. Can Russell Westbrook sustain uh, this level of play? If you're over on the podcast side, give us a, a review. Let us know your thoughts on Russell Westbrook, his long-term fit with the Lakers, if there is one. And by long-term, I mean for the remainder of the season. Who knows after that? Uh, and what do you thought? What do you think about Anthony Davis and the situation with his back? How should the Lakers approach that, knowing how much they need him on the floor in order to win games? Again, let us know. Don't forget, subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications as well. Till next time, stay safe and see you.